oh, but you do have an end apocalypse, and your end is fine. Welcome to episode 55 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the beginning of September 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me, as always, is my scout's honor, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast, follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Follow us now before we get rich and famous and are living in a mansion in the Bahamas surrounded by a moat filled with an army of guard otters because no alligators, because we are also going to have an adjacent mansion surrounded by a moat filled with an army of guard otters for our fuzzy animal babies like dogs and cats and rats and bunnies and a goat and a duck and we don't want the gators to eat any of the babies but my point is to fame no that that's a joke we're never gonna get to fame and no matter what we'll still love you all and speaking of duck it rhymes with fuck and if you listen to us there will be no ducking the fucking and don't fuck a duck we may be quackers but this is serious no duck fucking and no fuck ducking there's your explicit content warning I want all of those animals. <laughs> I don't know where any of that came from, but sometimes I just sit here and just whoop. Out comes so all many that creative shit. thoughts. That's that, that's creative. Yes, yes, I is, have zero creative thoughts. But we get paid zero dollars for all of these creative thoughts. That's true. So fuck <laughs> it. I don't need to have any any thoughts. <laughs> I don't think for free. You want that shit? You got to pay for it. <laughs> so how you doing, Patty? I'm okay. I'm tired. Why? Why are we you tired? We went to the beach. I know. Well, you did all the things at the beach. Yeah. Daddy, was... tell everybody about all the things you did at the beach today. It was... All of the exciting adventure beach. It was so <laughs> windy when we got there. And then I put my toe in the water and it was so cold. Uh-huh. So I was like, fuck this. And then uh, I just watched Jonathan for a while. Because <laughs> he went in the water, but it was too cold for me. I mean, if we could have gone to, like, a warmer beach in, like, yeah. Miami. Uh-huh. Well, minus the hurricane. Oh, yeah, next time. Next time there's not next a hurricane. Time. Yeah, next time we'll just drive a little farther south for the day. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jersey Shore, Miami Beach. Yeah, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump, Patty. It's like a two-hour flight. Yeah, or a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. Yeah, one of those. Either one. Or, Either like, one. I don't know, Virginia. I feel like that's pretty far south. Isn't that warmer? No, it's still in the same uh, climate that we are why it's so it's above far the line. south there's a line and that is above the line it's like it's like south six carolina hours away nor some maybe north carolina but definitely south carolina where that line is where it's warm hence myrtle beach south carolina is that is that a thing that people do yes okay let's Pe- go there people go to south carolina i've heard people live there really all year round oh, people God. live in south carolina but we did have fun driving down there because we listened to some jams we listened to some jams. I, I couldn't come up with anything for a little while, so Patty was just playing random songs from back in the day, like mm-hmm. Song 2 by Blur and Paper Planes by, what was her name, M.I.A.? Yeah. Those are good songs. And then I was like, oh, no, we're listening to Nevermind by Nirvana. So we listened to, like, the whole album because Jordan D. White tweeted that he was listening to it the other day. So we listened to that, and then Patty put on Britney. And uh, I was like, oh, nope, after Toxic, you got to put on Work Bitch. So we listened to Work <laughs> Bitch. And I was like, oh, we got to listen to Anaconda by Nicki Minaj. I love that song. That is such a fucking dope song. I can't believe I was so late to this fucking party. I'm going to be all on this fucking Anaconda hype now. And everybody's going to be like, yo, that song is like 20 years old. What the fuck is wrong with you? My parents listen to that song. 
My parents fucked to that song. Oh, my God. parents made me to that song. Oh, God. You know what I mean? So, I've, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I missed the fuck party. No, but our next regular <laughs> episode is going to be shorter because we're going to a convention in a water park. So, fuck you guys. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> We'd bring you guys, too, if we could, you know? Would you? Huh? Would you want people to stay in our hotel room? I mean, I'm not paying. I don't have the money to pay for them. But if they can swing it, they can come by. So yeah, just a just a heads up. We're still going to be doing the mid-September episode, but that is going to be a shorter episode. No, uh, no talk of old comics. But I do have something something planned for October that we're going to do. That's going to be fun. It's going to be spooky. We're going to talk about spooky things because October is spook time. Yeah, so let's do it. So we got some comics that we're going to talk about. And if you guys didn't know that. That mutants are still appearing outside of the Hox Pox? Well, they are. But we're going to talk about Fearless number two. And the first issue, it's really cool. It's, it's like a collection of like um, woman-centered short stories. And, you know, I thought the, the first issue was good. Uh, it featured a little bit of Storm, and that was awesome. And really the setup there is that there's just, there's just this camp. This camp for girls. They are trying to get these superheroes to come speak there and like address the, the campers. So, okay. But this issue had Storm arriving at the camp, and it was really cute. Everybody was so happy to see her. And I did not realize who Melody was in issue one. Like, I went back and I looked at issue one, and Melody was there, and I was like, whatever, some young girl named Melody. But then Storm lands in the camp and is like, oh, you know, I'm like happy to see like a, a former student of mine. And I was like, wait a second. Melody, and when she said Storm was like a former student of mine, I was like, oh my god, that's Melody Guthrie. I was so hyped that Melody Guthrie was somewhere. I mean, it sucks that she doesn't have her powers, but but it was Melody Guthrie. And it was really sad, too. I mean, they're happy to see each other, and they, like, hugged. But Melody's like, oh, you don't see how Sam and Paige look at me when they come home. And I was like, this is so sad. This is so sad. Why would they Why would they give her a look? Why? I mean, they shouldn't. they shouldn't shame their own sister. It's not her fault, and their brother is dead. So be nice. Be nice. I feel like, I don't know. I feel bad for those kids. They should still be able to go to school. They have friends there. Even if they're not mutants. It's a big school. They have room. (laughs) Just make a special exception. Because they're still mutants technically. Because they still have the X gene. It's just not active. I feel like, you know, good old Mama Guthrie in Kentucky. She can take care of her her little ones. Single mom with like 10 kids? Yeah. Nah. But she puts them all to work. They're all good kids. You point to one Guthrie that has turned out badly. Paige had her, her minute of crazy. Listen, don't don't shame her because she has skin issues, okay? <laughs> the issues aren't skin deep. <laughs> no, she she had her crazy time. I can't keep track of 2,000 mutants. So I don't know who's dead, who's depowered, who's okay. Uh, who's a vampire? Cannonball. <laughs> Cannonball is okay. Paige is okay. Cannonball is an eternal. <laughs> external. External. Yes, Cannonball is going to be the in the Eternals movie. You heard it from yeah, Patty well, first. Yeah, well, whatever. It's the <laughs> same, same, same thing. thing. Eternal, external. It's just eternal with an X gene. Exactly. That's all it is. All right. But yeah, all right. So so aside from Storm, uh, Sue Storm is there for, for the STEM campers. Two Storms. Two Storms, right. Uh, Storm is there for the environment and conservation campers. And Carol Danvers is is showing up for the space exploration students. And, uh, you know, this is sort of featuring uh, Kamala Khan. She is at the camp, too. And uh, As a student. 
yeah, as a as a student, and she kind of thinks things are or seem sort of weird there, and we keep getting the sense that things are weird there. You know, people. I think even Storm brought up like, oh, you know, like you've been around for a while or something. And they've been like, oh, we've been around for like ten years. Like they how they managed to get like these three big superheroes to all come at the same time. So the camp seems a little weird. Kamala finds this little fucking black ball with this red dot after everybody leaves the room. And she's like, oh, is this a training camp for supervillains? And then Kamala is like, this camp is a trap in disguise. So, and who knows what's actually going on with this. The setup seems, you know, kind of cute, but also kind of silly at the same time. Because I feel like it's supposed to be fun and cute. But at the same time, they keep going out of their way to sort of allude to something being wrong here. And I'm like, what is actually wrong? I don't know, because smart girls have a good time. (laughs) Then the counselor said something about like, oh, everybody has to make a project, but you can't make like a time machine or you can't make a death ray or whatever, some other thing. And then that's when she was like, is this a camp for supervillains? I just feel like that's something that, you know, somebody would try making a time machine or something like to get extra brownie points. I don't know if that's necessarily a supervillain thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I used to do that shit all the time. Yeah. I wanted my brownie points. I love brownies. Give me the points so I can get the brownies. I used to think that that phrase was in reference to the, like, young Girl Scouts that were called brownies. Get get out. Is it not? I I literally thought that's what it was. I don't know. Maybe that is what it is. I don't think it's for the food, Patty. I don't think you are literally getting brownie points. I think it's for, like, brown nosing. Oh, but I don't know. I, who cares? Not, no, but I okay, care. Okay, I care. Where do brownie points come from? The most common explanation that the expression is derived from either the term brown nose or the merit points supposedly earned by the younger. God damn it, grammar phobia blog. That was no help. So either of my <laughs> theories can be true. Yes, you're a scientist. You should have gone to this camp. You would have gotten the brownie points. But yeah, I just I just think the setup is kind of silly. But it's still sort of fun, you know. Again, smart smart girls at camp. Uh, you know, there was there was some funny stuff in there. There was like this one girl who was like, I'm from Florida. It was either this or I got to work at Disney World. And she's like, and I don't like people. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, but there are people here. And she's like, yeah, but like not as loudly. Or something. I don't know. It was just, it was kind of funny. And again, it's Storm, and Storm is elegant and awesome. And again, Melody Guthrie, a fucking super, super, uh, I can't even say D-list. That's a Z-list character. Except, well, maybe not, because she's a Guthrie. No, um, I'm still Z-list. Stuck. I forgot she existed. <laughs> and I want to see uh, somebody invent a machine to give Melody her powers back, so she can go play with Hickman's... Just make Wanda do it. She can play in Hickman's Hoxpox box. And it also had a very, very short story featuring X-23 and Gabby. X-23 is like, you sure you want to do this? Gabby goes, if I say no, can we go home and have board game night? And I thought that that was cute. Uh, They're like breaking into some sort of fucking science facility clone thing. Again, they're looking for, you know, people who've got their DNA. What was upsetting about this story is we're still trying to make Scout happen. I was kind of hoping that that, you know, the writer would just sort of forget that and the editors would be okay with it, but it seems like Scout is still happening. I was hoping for the same thing. I'm going to respectfully ignore their decision and read it as a honey badger. I'm just going to cross it out. That's very respectful. Much much like I am 
disrespectfully acknowledge <laughs> reading reading it as powers of X. I'm never going to say it any other way. And anytime you say powers of ten, my brain goes powers of X to the tenth power to the X power to the X power. To That's power how you're going to say it from now on no. to the X power. No, no, <laughs> that's not what it says. No, when you're doing math. When you know when you when you go oh, home when you go home yeah, when I'm just doing math yeah, trying before to, you try to calm down before you go to sleep yeah 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 to the to the eighth power to the ninth power to the x power <laughs> x x I don't know how do you, how do you make the xth work x well I don't know do mostly do people say to the nth to the nth degree but that's that's an n I know n is not I don't x know if, yeah but... so are we reading this powers of n now? yes yeah powers powers of n. To the nth degree. That was uh, that was from that uh, Morningwood song by Morningwood. Yeah, but the, you know the song I'm talking about, right? Morningwood. I only know the one song. M O. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's a dope song. You know what else is a dope song? You guys, Anaconda. It's the <laughs> best fucking song. I love that song. I really like the uh, educational version that College Humor created. It's so good, and the animation of her as like a little chibi dancing is fantastic. It should have been her voice. That one is way better. She, she should no, no. They're listen. They're both great in their own ways. We don't have to. We don't have to separate them and say either this or this. We can have both and like it both. She literally says in the original song, "Fuck the skinny bitches. Fuck the skinny bitches in the club." So, so she's literally comparing right in her song. So I'm allowed to compare. But are you are you in the club? I could be. You could be, but you're not. Yeah, but that's she, still if, body shaming women, and I'm not about that. If she. If you were in a club and Nicki Minaj said, fuck those skinny bitches, I would be so mad at Nicki Minaj, I would boycott that song. I would start the Mutant Musings boycott of Anaconda, all right? We'd never look back. I'd be, I'd be all, all up in her grill about it. But you're not in the club. You're not in the club. It's okay. That's rude. You're not a bitch. You're perfect the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, I don't like you know, attacking attacking women for being different. So this was kind of a heavy short story. Why are you body shaming? <laughs> oh my god. I mean, they're not in the club, so... <laughs> you can... Um, it's only body shaming if you're in the club. Yeah. If you're outside the club, body shame all you want. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what you said. I did not say all of that. That's what you implied. <laughs> Alright. So yeah, so th- this this was a trap. Uh X23 and Honey Badger are trying to shut down another place using their DNA as they're calling through the vents to get away. And there's kids in cages. And so this company, Obsidian, is apparently getting money from the government to hold them there. And they set them free. And it was great. It was very happy. Gabby was like we're getting you home no matter what it takes. I don't know I don't know about you, but no kid deserves to be in a cage. So Yep. And they said that they could relate because they had similar shitty things done to them. Yeah. And I thought this was great. I wish that we had this in real life. Me too. This this was a cute little story. Again, it was it was nice to see X twenty three. It was nice to see Gabby. Kind of fresh off of, uh, fresh off that X23 volume. Still kind of continuing, you know, uh, that, the whole storyline, their, their sort of mission. Uh, unfortunately, carrying Scout on. Hopefully, we'll, we'll forget about that someday. I um, did. <laughs> so, I mean, the only thing is, like, you know, this was a bit heavy handed. Like, I'm not really counting that against this story because it was good. It reflected the times, it was something very believable. 
not just that this is literally happening, but also that, you know, X-23 and Gabby would stumble upon something like this and also help those kids. So I, I thought that it was all put together very well. It was good for a short story. It was only a couple of pages. It was very, very short. I think I'm just more concerned now that I've seen this because now I'm thinking like, all right, we got Hawks and Pox and we got Dawn of X. We kind of know where X-23 is going to be, or at least one of the places she's going to be once Dawn of X starts. But where are Gabby and Jonathan going to be? If anywhere. You know, like, is she even going to have a place? She better. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she just wasn't on the cover, but she's going to be in Fallen Angels. That's possible. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Gabby will have somewhere to go once Dawn of X starts. Uh, I mean, I, I can almost guarantee that there's going to be a Wolverine solo title. Maybe Gabby can accompany him around. Gabby and Jonathan can follow Wolverine around. That's cute. That would make me so happy. Because as of right now, like... They haven't met, though, right? No, she hasn't no. met she regular hasn't Logan. Middle-aged man Logan. <laughs> <laughs> she I don't I don't believe she has. No. So, I mean, I like I like Logan. I think it's it's fine if he has another solo ongoing. It's just a thing that's going to happen. He doesn't need to be everywhere in the Marvel universe. He doesn't need a whole bunch of different solo titles. He can have one, but I think it would be a really fun dynamic if Gabby and Jonathan were in there too. Oh, they could make a wolf fam book. Yes. Like they made a sum fam book. A sum fam. That's yeah. what we're calling it. Sum fam. Yeah. Like the sum pump in the basement. What's that? The sum fa- <laughs> it's a pump. Is it a car thing? <laughs> Is it a sex thing? Yeah, I'll show you when we're done recording. <laughs> it's in the basement. <laughs> it's in your butthole? <laughs> Yes, all of those things await you as soon as this episode is done. It's a car thing and a basement thing and a sex thing, and it's in your butt. Okay, I'm very uh, curious. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next comic we're talking about is Powers of and X. Degree number three. So so it opens with the quote, like, like, like we're doing now every time. I am immortal and I have no end. He's sexy. I want to um, call him Lipsy. I want to call him Lipsy for short. I wish I is could. Is that an acceptable? Is that an acceptable nickname? Like a little cutie? Yes, name? but it's close to Ipsy, so you have to. What's wrong with Ipsy? Ipsy is a makeup subscription box. Is that like? Is that like the the boxy charm thing you were doing? <laughs> yeah, boxy but... charm. Listen, boxy <laughs> charm is a much better fucking brand name than Ipsy because Ipsy sounds like oopsie. Like, oopsie, I just ordered this shitty makeup. All right, so, anyway, this issue was great. This issue was great, and it started out real dark and really fucked up. There's a Church of Ascendancy. You know where we've seen that word? Where? We saw that when the little ex-Smurf was talking to the phalanx. He said he wanted uh, ascension. So we're seeing this Church of Ascendancy. So I thought that was really interesting. Look at you remembering things and making connections. I do remember things. I don't remember anything. I know you don't. That's my age again? Which is... uh, (laughs) So it's like all humans are slaves. You must reject your humanity. Uh, Reject the human heretics who still believe that mankind can improve on this flawed design. Already, um, I'm I'm buying what they're selling. These genetic manipulators and free thinkers would have you believe that fate lies in your own hands and not the great machines of change, but they are wrong. I will show you true evolution. So there you go, genetic manipulators and free thinkers. That's literally like 
the kind of shit that was talked uh, about free thinkers and, like, philosophers and whatever by, like, you know, religious people who were trying to be oppressive and keep people in line. And I'm not saying that to... The, the, the parallels that I drew in here and the, the things that I was thinking about when I was reading this, like, I, I first want to preface it by saying that anything that I say is not to knock whatever you specifically believe in, but there are people out there who take their beliefs and use it in oppressive ways against other people. Or, or at least if they don't go out and physically use those beliefs to oppress people, their own beliefs are oppressive. The things that they say, you sit around the dinner table yeah, at Thanksgiving and you hear about it. It's you know like, what I mean? It's like that that metaphor where it's the difference between I'm on a diet so I can't eat cake and I'm on a diet so you can't eat cake either. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, just, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. This this guy that looks literally half machine, because you see the one arm is like machine. The way he's talking to humans is like, no, you need to believe in us. Forget these people, these manipulators, these free thinkers. Don't listen to them. Listen to us, the great machines of change. They're like, he's talking himself and the machines up. And who else are the machines? We see Nimrod in here. We see Omega Sentinel. We see the classic giant sentinels. He's saying that, like, these are the great machines of change. We know these things to fucking murder mutants. We know these things are murder machines, but he's saying that they're great machines. Do you see what I'm saying? That he's actually talking more like a tyrant and like trying to lie and manipulate people and have people fear. Wow, that doesn't sound familiar. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, okay, but also he's got this little fucking orb. Uh, The humans hand him this little human baby. And this little fucking orb turns that baby uh, half machine as it cries and gets, like, carried away. So it's like that thing is indoctrinated at, like, at the infant stage. You know what I mean? Like, indoctrinated into whatever beliefs that are not free-thinking. Maybe beliefs that are oppressive. Maybe beliefs that are hateful. Maybe beliefs that um, have to do with slaughtering an entire people. Like mutants, you know? Or maybe you can draw your own parallels into into real life. But that's sort of what I was seeing, that this is sort of a metaphor for people in religious sex and for people, and even we see that in the media too, uh, using fear to whip people into, you know, believing them and believing that others are the villains. I thought the beginning of this was kind of confusing and weird, so I kind of just was like, and eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, who is this new guy who's preaching? I don't know, whatever, who cares? Well, I don't think he's going to be a new guy that will necessarily be too important, you know what I mean? I just think he was there as sort of a figurehead, and also sort of disposable, is what it sounded like. You know, in, in sort of the attitudes and words from Nimrod and Omega Sentinel, they kind of counted this guy as disposable, you know what I mean? Especially Nimrod, he didn't even care. And Nimrod is the one, you know, way up there in the big fucking tower in the sky. He's in heaven. Right? He's in the top of the tower, and there's this guy in the fucking Church of Ascendancy talking all these good things about machines. Nimrod could not care any fucking less. He's just standing up there like, eh, whatever. So that's also, to me, I'm Well, does Nimrod want humans to worship machines? He doesn't- I don't think he really cares- because I feel like, so Nimrod sees machines as, like, the next logical step. 
You know, like machines, like technology, this is just what's happening. Humans are inconsequential. All we know is we need to get rid of the mutants. They're sort of our competition, and they're, you know, kind of a pain in the ass. We'll get rid of them. We don't really care about humans. He's literally standing there, and as Omega Sentinel is like, uh, Nimrod, the mutants are, are attacking these humans. We should go do something. Nimrod's like, should I give a shit? <laughs> like, I'm busy. Like, I don't care what the fuck they do. And Omega Sentinel is kind of like, you know, it's not so much that, you know, I really care, but, like, we normally see mutants trying to save humanity, and now it seems like mutants are attacking them, so Omega Sentinel's like, I'm gonna go check it out. Anyway, back to my point, I just saw a Nimrod, and, like, not necessarily as a, a religious tyrant, but also any sort of tyrant who just watches, you know, the people clamoring and, like, oh, you need to believe this or whatever, and he's just basically, like, up there and, like, cold and callous and doesn't give a shit what happens to any of them. Like most tyrants do. Tyrants don't care about their own people. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Okay, because I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. No, no. I I had my own visions of a tyrant. <laughs> yeah? I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I thought about Kim Jong-un. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I don't know if anybody, any of our listeners are supporters. <laughs> I don't think... Okay, so first I of all... I would hope not. First of all, to the FBI listening, no. The answer is no. We are. I, I don't believe mutant musings is currently uh, topping we the charts in North Korea. We are staunchly against <laughs> what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying, and that's you know that's imagery that comes to my mind too, like a literally a modern day tyrant, like Kim Jong Un, absolutely. But so this was dope. So so fucking oh my god, R. B. Silva is so goddamn good. But yeah, so mutants, as as we know now, the four horsemen, you know, they they show up in the Church of uh, Ascendancy, and they and they, you know, it looks like they're attacking. Zorn is like, with my nihilism, I had still hope for more from humanity, and Rasputin is like, yet here they are in all their glory, and uh, just dialogue was just so dope. I loved it. But then you know, then we get like some of the little chart sort of pages, and you know, there's I've got my little fucking Krakoa decoder. Uh, handy, and so I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm like, does it say MP on them? And I'm like, military police? But no, no, because it, it describes them as, a couple of them as pure blood, right? So that's the M and P. Did it say that? No, that's just what I figure. But, but if you follow, just follow my logic. So the M and P, like on their chest, is for mutant pure blood, because that you see the M and P on Wolverine, who is war, and Zorn, who are death. They're mutant pure bloods. These are, that's Logan that we've known forever, and Zorn we've known forever. I don't know Zorn. Huh? I don't know her. <laughs> okay. M and a CH are on North, who is the Magneto guy, who is Pestilence. I thought that that was Magneto. Right, and that's what you're supposed to think until until they tell you, and then you look at the color scheme, and you're like, oh, 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 oh duh, there's Dane. And also Frost, so that's, that's interesting. And so that, yeah, so that MCH is on North for Mutant Chimera. And then we have on Krakoa Cipher, who is who is Famine, there's an MS, who is a mutant symbiote. And that also says under Cipher, symbiote. So these letters correspond to what's on their chest, so you can kind of decode what they are. Apocalypse has uh, an ME, mutant external. Because Hickman uses that term, external, on Apocalypse. And an MG is on Silobel, and I thought that would have been an H, because Silobel was supposed to be a hound. So I think that was just a typo. See, decoding is fun. 
They say that. Oh yeah, they did say that. Who was war and death and whatever. Yeah, yeah, they did because. But and, it was on one of the info pages, not on an actual comic book. Oh, uh, was it? Yes. Oh no, yeah, you're right. It was on this page. It was on this info page. Yes, which is why I guess I. <laughs> you kind of check out when that happens. Yeah. But I thought that that was interesting, because Apocalypse is the one leading now. Like this is this is long. This is year 100. This is long after. Magneto, Xavier, Apocalypse is the one leading the quote-unquote X-Men now. And no, they're the horsemen. But they're still trying to fight for mutants. They're still trying to fight for good. You know, it's really crazy, again, trying to fucking look at Apocalypse and cheer this guy on. Yeah, no, it is. I don't know, I mean, what he's going to be doing in the next timeline. But we don't also know anything that's going to happen on the next timeline. Because Nimrod might not even exist, so he might not join up with the X-Men. We know, no, we know Apocalypse is going to be in Excalibur. Oh. He's with the team. Yes, we got it spoiled for us. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming he's going to be heroic, but I guess we'll see what happens. It's weird. It's weird to cheer him on, but it's 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 interesting. And then there's Mother Akaba. Who's that? So anyway, Cardinal is making this speech about how he ate a terminal apocalypse seed so he could overcome being a pacifist. Because we saw when Silabel died, he didn't lift a finger to help Rasputin, but here he's ready to fucking fight these religious zealots. And Omega Sentinel brought big Sentinels with her. And Rasputin is like, just as expected. Like, this was a plan. And I was like, oh, this was a plan. Yeah, this was supposed to be a fucking distraction. So Apocalypse, Wolverine, and Dougie Dogwood could get into the archives. And what they're looking for is to find out when Nimrod came online. And surprise, Nimrod finds them. And it's like cutting back and forth. And when we cut back to the church... It looks like everybody got beat. I don't think we see North anymore. I don't think we see Cardinal anymore. Zorn looks like he's about to die and Rasputin is there. And Rasputin is like, he's got a singularity in his head. So you better stay back. She says that to Omega Sentinel and Zorn is like, no, come closer. And then she takes off his mask and you see Zorn's fucking glowing, creepy, smiling face. That was wonderful. And then boom, just fucking black holes it. Did they... Was Singularity one of the things that Hickman explained on one of his pages? No, a Singularity is like where physics don't don't exist. No, I know that, but I didn't know if he had some specific to him definition of it. No. That sounds like something that he would do. He's a scientist. First and foremost, is he, he is a scientist. Is Hickman a scientist? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. Okay, well, it's like that guy who was writing the sci-fi books and then... and then the Scientologist? He, yeah, and then he started Scientology. Hubbard? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what's going to happen here. I'm Hickman, predicting it. Yeah. Hickmanology. Hickmanology. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to, like, wait in line and pay $12,000 to join his, his thing. <laughs> <laughs> you never know i mean one 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 sci-fi guy did it so why not this guy he'll make like a, his whole world and uh you know there are these people who are like huge fans of his yeah like star wars nerds yeah like star wars nerds yeah john the hick he's gonna have his own hick nerds he's gonna have his own yeah his own hick nerds he can call them hickeys <laughs> Vagina portals everywhere. <laughs> Fuzzy bush vagina portals. Oh, if you guys want a good song about pubes, look up the song Map of Tasmania by Amanda Palmer. The song is fantastic. Also, if anyone knows literally any other song about pubes, 
you can get in touch with us and, and let us know. Because I have a feeling if you Google song about pubes, that is the one Google result you're going to get. <laughs> Unless you click on images and then you're going to get a whole... Be, you better be 18 or over. You better you go on, on incognito images. mode. <laughs> yeah. Incognito mode gets you to the dark web. Yes. That's how. It's your Krakoa portal to the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Where the fuck did that even come up? I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, love his smile. He's so cute. And then everything, boom. Anyway, uh, so you cut back to to Apocalypse, Logan, and Cypher trying to get the fucking information. And Apocalypse, they get it. And Apocalypse tells Logan to get to, to safety with it. And Logan's like, no. Apocalypse, you know, just kind of thinks it's funny how he's like trying to be brave. And he's like, no, I'm going to hold him off. You need to get this. You need to get this back. And fucking Dougie Dogwood opens up his vagina. And Logan jumps into into the vagina. And it was crazy to see Apocalypse fighting Nimrod. I mean, it, it makes sense. I feel like, listen, Apocalypse in any universe would fight Nimrod. You know what I mean? But for survival of the fittest. But to, like, try to be supportive of Wolverine. Like, no, go do this, young man. You Knowing know, that just... he's probably going to die, too. Yeah. And he knew that Wolverine wouldn't be able to fight him for long either because he was in bad shape. And it wasn't just that. He there got were, blasted. There were, th- huh. there were three Nimrods, and Apocalypse was getting his ass beat, and it was crazy. Fucking Logan gets gets to Moira and puts the data into her. Wolverine kills her. And so ended the ninth life of Moira X. She's got the information now about when Nimrod came online. So now she dies in her ninth life. She's going to start her 10th life and grow up with the knowledge of when Nimrod came online. This is when she goes to Charles in her 10th life, shows him what happened, and says, we need to do something. So that's that's what we're seeing in House of X. Them trying to stop Nimrod ever coming online. It all makes sense. Does it? Mostly. <laughs> but do you follow? Do you follow what I'm saying? I mean, kind of now that you explained everything. Yeah. But I feel like it shouldn't really have to be like that. So I take it you're not a hickey, are you? I'm not a hickey. (laughs) (laughs) But what did you think about this issue overall? I don't know. I mean, I don't really like being thrown into this world where, like, nothing makes sense. But, I mean, now that she's starting the 10th life, maybe it will start making sense, especially if it goes in chronological order. The whole, like jumping around thing was confusing i know it didn't happen here but we jumped you know a hundred years into the future yeah so we don't really know the surrounding stories and what's taken place the last hundred years i like this i really like this i loved seeing how cold the machines were i mean it's not like we haven't seen that already but again tying sort of like a religion of the machines into it was amazing I, I thought it was really powerful. I thought that the art was amazing. This is, again, it's it's connecting the dots now. You know, you had all these random dots everywhere, and you kind of make your own inferences, and now they're sort of being connected. What I really liked, though, is this was, like, I know you said you don't like how we don't know a lot of things, we don't, and we're jumping around or whatever. I don't, I don't mind that, but I did like how this focused on one timeline, and I think that this timeline is really interesting because I just... I immediately liked the characters. I immediately felt something. I saw Rasputin for the first time, and I was like, I love you. I saw Cardinal, and I was like, you look dope, but you're a prick. 
I saw Sila Bell and I was like, you're cute. I want to know more about you. I don't want you to get hurt. And then she died. And then she died. Yeah. So like, I, it's just the, the storytelling and the art is just, it makes me feel about these characters. And so it's nice to spend more time in this, in this timeline, especially with Apocalypse running around with, I, fine, call them the four horsemen. They're still the X-Men. Okay. But I just thought it was, it was, it was really cool because now we're seeing something completely linear. You know, we got this story. We know Nimrod is bad. We've seen him in this timeline. We know what their mission was to get some data, right? Now we know what that data was. It's when Nimrod comes online. What's the plan with that data? Well, we got to get it to Moira. They did that. Moira's dead. Let's start the 10th life. And then Moira can try to change something. I just feel like the people who are running around in this timeline who are creating these machines that are preaching religion and stuff like have i never seen like any sci-fi movie because (laughs) because like you're not supposed to build machines that have emotions that's like the the first rule of of (laughs) sci-fi all right so next up is house of x number three and oh man it was such a fucking creepy opening scott is like i've assembled a team good mutants all and he, he literally looks and sounds like a good Boy Scout being reassured as he walks away. And Xavier is like, such a brave face. You make me so proud. And even Magneto, like, no one forgets the founder of a nation. It's just, it's really weird. I, I keep looking at them and I'm like, who the fuck are you people? How does, how are you not pod people? How? How are you not plant-based beings? Why are you so strong believing that? I'm, I mean, I'm really not. I've kind of lessened on that a little bit. You know, I mean, basically the opening of House of X, number one, just kind of shows what I'm assuming are pod people. And they still very well could be. But but no, I, I kind of think that this is sort of resetting the the timeline. I don't, like, my my initial thoughts are like every time Moira resurrects, is she resetting the whole universe? How the fuck is that possible? That's what I'm saying. Like, so how can how can this be the 616? This has to be something different somewhere. And if it is an alternate timeline, are we still considering that the 616? So I don't really think that that's the issue. Some people are thinking that she is resetting the timeline because she is... Uh, warping reality. That's part of her power set. Reality warping. But if she's... And we have seen that in her child. Kevin, Proteus, warps reality. If that's happening, mm-hmm. then that means that every other book that Marvel is coming out should reflect that. And they should have new timelines, and then every <laughs> few issues they'll reset. Yes. So... Maybe. And but, it wouldn't make sense if none of the other books, they were they were just like off doing their own thing. And, you know, Moira was just flipping the switch over and over and they just kept going on living their lives. Maybe it's only affecting mutants. That doesn't make sense, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so when I see Life 9, Life 10, Life whatever, I'm like, is this all taking place in one universe and is everybody sort of resetting? Like, I guess, you know, maybe I'm dumb. 
But but anyway, so the, the, the idea is the Scots put this team together. They got to go destroy Orcus before Mother Mold comes online because there's different classifications of these fucking Sentinels. They're the ones... Of course there are. There's the ones that we know. There's Master Molds. There's Mother Molds, which is terrifying. Not only because it's a fucking enormous floating Sentinel head in space, but this thing creates... But it's Mother. It's... <laughs> the Mother is scary. <laughs> Have you ever seen Mommy Dearest? I haven't. <laughs> Was that a movie? Yes. And a book, I think. Okay. Also, Psycho. Did you ever see Psycho? Yeah. You don't know about Mother? It was the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dead dead lady in the rocking chair. Oh, my God. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. But, no. But think about that. This giant fucking floating sentinel head in space creates master molds. Master mold is is terrifying enough because it creates sentinels. But it's like a mother mold. And then, you know, there's nano-sentinels, too, which is a whole other thing. So I'm thinking that, like, if Moira is Akaba, mother from from Powers of X, number three, right? She's like Mother Nature, and Mother Mold is like Mother Technology. And again, it comes back to what I've been saying, sort of this, this fucking conflict between mutants, which is nature, and the machines, which are technology. So there's lots of mommies everywhere. Anyway, as the X-Men are flying off to space, I am with Wolverine over Jean here. Uh, Wolverine is like, innocent civilians? Innocent civilians don't build machines to exterminate a species. And Jean is like, oh, they're just scared. And Wolverine's like, oh, just scientists, huh? How do you think humans went from sticks to bombs? Like, I get it, but Jean is trying to defend them by saying, like, they're just scared. But I feel like that's more of a storm thing to say. I don't think Jean would say that. But Jean did, in fact, say that. I know, because Hickman <laughs> doesn't know my Jean. <laughs> Hashtag not my jeans. Hashtag not my jeans. Not my jeans. <laughs> Boycott jeans. Wear shorts from now on. I um, only wear yoga pants because they're more <laughs> comfy and they make your ass look awesome. But, but yeah, I mean, this kind of speaks to the response, you know, the fear response. Just the, the fucking, the hate that comes out of it. Like, Gene is saying, if these scientists are just afraid, look at the response to fear. We're gonna build this giant fucking space death fuck bomb. You know what I mean? That's the response to fear. Uh, but they also mentioned that there have been this technopath team of mutants that have been monitoring for Nimrod technological thresholds. And I want to see more of that. I, I want to see more. I want to see these technopaths and I want to see their little fucking... Little mutant CIA system. Because I thought that was fucking neat as hell. They've got all the access to incognito mode. That's how <laughs> these technopaths figured out that Mother Mold was coming online and that a Nimrod was going to happen. They used the dark web via incognito mode. <laughs> <laughs> but the best, the best part of anything that we are talking about today is the courtroom scene. There were so many beautiful things that happened in that courtroom. Number one was Sabretooth. Because Sabretooth somehow looks very sexy when Pepe Larraz and Marte Gracia are drawing him. He looked beautiful. Like we know, we saw in the first issue, he got he got taken away. And Scott didn't want to fight the Fantastic Four. And I was like, oh, we'll talk about it another time. Because I'm wondering what Project Achilles is for like these, these like fucking superhuman criminals and then you see Sabretooth he's in front of a judge and there's this terrified probably public defender that's like sweating and can't do anything for him and Victor smells something jasmine and then there she is strutting in with two of her babies 
That was so beautiful, Patty. Why have there only been two in these issues? Well, see, and that's what I'm saying. Because I feel like this is sort of resetting the the X-Men timeline. Why are we seeing the two dead cuckoos alive and we haven't seen the other three? Because yeah. I'm, I'm assuming these are the same two from the first issue. It's uh, Celeste and Esme. They're the two that have been dead. Where are the other three? Are I don't there, know. The three? I don't know either. Why is Emma no longer wearing black? She was the Black King. She's now back to her code name, the White Queen. Maybe uh, they forgot. <laughs> but back to back to the point is like I see that that this wasn't like an, an editorial or a Hickmanian oversight. <laughs> that this was just this is more of like this sort of X Men sort of reset that I think is happening. But anyway, the fucking the cuckoos. One of them is like, look, it looks like the monkeys are using tools again, playing at civilization. That was so dope. And you know the the fucking judge, the fucking I'm I'm assuming was prosecutor, whatever. They're like, you can't just come in here and do this. And Miss Frost is like, mutants aren't going to be judged in human courts. And one of the cuckoos is like, we even have uh, paperwork from this from your state department saying that this is okay. So we're going to be taking him. You can leave him in chains if you want. Yeah. That's that's fine. We're fine with that. That was so dope. That scene was so badass. That was so badass for Emma to just strut in like that. Sabretooth is in there all fucking confident and cocky as fuck. It was just an amazing scene. Yeah, I really liked it. I really liked uh, Sabretooth here and the whole, like, don't give a fuck attitude. I don't know. Still mad at Emma. Don't know if that's going to change. Well, I I think in this timeline, what, what you're mad about still never happened. But we don't know that. I know that. Well, I know what she did. I have all... I know what she did last summer. I have the Hickman insight. The Hickman insight. If you know what I... If you get it. But but also, so here's another thing. I don't know much about smells. Um, I know I can smell things. I know things smell. Some things smell good. Some things smell bad. Yes. I, uh, apparently Jasmine, uh, aside from being a Disney princess, is also a smell. And that the smell of Jasmine smells sweet, but it can get ripe and it can smell gross and it can smell bad. Are you talking about, like, the actual flower or, like, perfume? Because I feel like I have jasmine perfume. Then maybe the flower. I don't know. Okay. But either way, I mean... I'll try it and you tell me if I start smelling bad. You never smell bad. Okay. Now, <laughs> Sabretooth did not mention if if it was smelling like jasmine flower or jasmine perfume. But I googled it and that's what it said. That it, it smells sweet, but that it can start smelling gross. Okay. And I was like, you get out of here. Don't say that my Emma smells bad. But I thought that that was an interesting little fucking piece of whatever that Hickman threw in there. I know he likes Emma Frost. But I just thought that was very interesting. If he threw in this smell that initially is sweet, but, like, becomes gross over time. So she, he's saying that Emma is going to be bad. Uh, possibly. Or he just picked a scent. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's no meaning. There's no meaning to anything in any of these books. I don't know what has meaning and what doesn't. It's so arbitrary. Listen, that is a fucking amazing point. It, it really is. No, because honestly... Nothing matters. We're all going to die. Stop saying that. <laughs> because I feel like he he's probably sort of educated, maybe. Maybe he's well-read. He's thrown in a couple of explicit references to things. Um, he even made like a Faust reference in here. But at the same time, you could literally pick apart fucking anything and be like, this means this. This comes from this. That's what I'm saying. That's why I hate symbolism. And like when teachers say like, what was the meaning behind the red door? I don't know, bitch, because she wanted the door (laughs) to be red. Because 
<laughs> you taught us in creative writing that we needed to use adjectives and describe everything, and <laughs> every noun has to have an adjective. What so that's why the door is right. Well, I mean, like I you know, in middle writing. in middle school, not like I loved for creative writing. fun. I would never write for fun. That and running are my number are yeah, my number and one running. and two right right next to each other. I don't know which is worse. Those are like back if, to back. If you're a write- worst thing in the world. If you're a writing runner, don't even try to talk to Patty. <laughs> don't even. Don't even. While you're doing your hobbies, don't even try to talk to Patty. No, but but part of me agrees with you. I mean, I think I think a lot of people are having fun like dissecting all this stuff, and I think it's cool. I mean, shit. I'm I'm sitting here, and I'm, I mean, I don't know what level of fucking parallels i'm pulling out of these books but i'm definitely seeing some and i'm sort of having fun with it but you're right i mean some of it is kind of arbitrary because you could pull literally anything out and say oh it means this so what else happened so they got up into space we got this chart about someone becoming an omega sentinel oh yeah chart but we know that's a thing we know a omega sentinel we know her in this story and we've known her for for years now she's been an x-men character but I just kind of looked at it as sort of like hatred. I feel like there's probably a better term out there, but it's almost sort of parasitic what nano sentinels do to a host, and then they turn it into a machine, and machine is geared towards hating mutants. But the the because the human is the host, a human gets injected with these nano sentinels, becomes an omega sentinel, hates mutants, and wants to kill them. Kind of like uh, what the internet does to some people, and what the media does to some people. Just kind of preys on their fears, turns it into hatred, and says, "Whoop." You go hate that group of people over there now. I have no idea what network you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Orcus isn't ready to put Mother Mold online yet, but uh, but then the X-Men show up, and they have this really detailed plan. They need to get in there, find these specific points, so they can stop Mother Mold from coming online, because Mother Mold is going, is going to lead to Nimrod. It was great. Kurt was cute. The humans in Orcus realize that the X-Men have made this perfect plan, and one of the humans blows himself up to fuck up the X-Men's plans, and that's kind of where this leaves. Except for uh, we find out that Doug created the Krakoan language, which is the only thing that sort of makes sense, but it was still kind of cute and funny to look at anyway. So that was interesting. That that was interesting. There was a bit more overt conflict in there, a little bit more action. I, I could be wrong. We'll see what happens, but I would assume that we're going to see more of that battle in the next issue the X-Men trying to get in there and, you know, trying to actually stop Mother Mold from happening. Whatever that dude did, obviously, was not... The explosion that he made, that where he killed himself, could not have been so bad that it would stop Mother Mold from coming online. He's not going to do that. He's not going to... Because then he's just going to be helping the X-Men. So I don't know what the fuck his plan was, but uh, I'm assuming we're going to be seeing some action next issue. I hope so. What did you think of this, though? I mean, it, we had X-Men in it, there so were that, that was good. Oh, yeah, what did you think of the team? Yeah, we had Jean. Who else was on Team Nightcrawler? Husk, Monet. They were in there. It's weird. We started Husk and not Cannonball. I mean, I don't know. It is an interesting team. I wonder if that's just gonna be like their their action team. If Emma is on the team, or she's just kind of just doing this one off mission to just retrieve Sabretooth. Or I think that's what that is. Yeah. Okay, so she's not on the team. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was better than the previous issues yeah. because it had X-Men in it and they were doing, they did some X-Men stuff, <laughs> but like still with this Mother Mold, I don't know, the Mother Mold, the Master Mold, the 
moth mold. Who who knows what these There's things mean? There's a moth mold? Probably. I don't fucking care. You've got the Hickman site now. <laughs> How did you find out about that? I don't know what it means. I don't know what any of it means. You know what was interesting? What? They took off from the moon. If you notice, when the jet took off with the X-Men in it, they were on the moon. There was a dome oh. with flowery shit in there. And we know in the very first issue, we saw the Krakoa flowers being planted in various places, one of which was on the moon. But yeah, they have their little whole fucking plant They're going to have to have a whole civil war with inhumans over who gets the moon. <laughs> IVX2. <laughs> civil War 3. That's what it'll be called. Oh my God. Colon, the sequel nobody asked for. <laughs> That's going to be dope. I can't wait for it. So yeah, so I don't know. I mean, and, and this just dawned on me too. Just one more one more thing really quick. This whole machines and hatred and, you know, it just, it really reminds me, like, this isn't new. I mean, let's be real. Like, with the Terminator movies, I'm sure that wasn't even, you know, introduced this, this idea of machines and hatred and fucking killing people and whatever. But there's this really interesting album by Fear Factory. Yeah, I started listening to Fear Factory when I was maybe in, like, in middle school, you know, like the later 90s, right before this album Obsolete came out. It came out in 98, so I cannot fucking believe it is 21 years old and that I got it back then. But it is it is amazing, and it is a concept album. If you like metal, uh, or you're even okay with metal, you just like heavier music or whatever, I would suggest giving it a try. See if you can find the CD book that it came with. Because it has the story in there as well as like the lyrics. And so it will make the experience a little bit more enjoyable. But yeah, it's it's all about machines and hatred and, you know, fucking thought police and oppression. And it's just really cool and it's really interesting. So I would I would absolutely recommend it. There's also the album Virus by Hypocrisy. I fucking love that album. It's one of my favorite. And there's a song called Scrutinize that's all about machines and what kind machines of machines versus humans kind of stuff yeah oh, i love in a, them in a fun way no <laughs> so are you being a monkey right now playing with your little tool <laughs> would you call moira mother nature or maybe just mommy don't leave that jasmine on for too long because we'll be right back after the commercial break ugh my wife is fucking my brother My best friend is fucking my mom. My dad is fucking my neighbor. My dog is fucking a tree. Wolverine is fucking my tree. The squirrels are busting their nuts over it. I'm so lonely. Well, then you should head over to geekade.com. Is that like a dating site for geeks? Nope, but it still might help you forget about the stabbing pain that is your pathetic and despondent existence. Geekade.com has something for every kind of geek. Love video games or tabletop? Music or technology? Comic books or horror movies? Then Geekade.com has articles and podcasts for you, plus YouTube and Twitch channels. Hey, you're right. I'm already forgetting about how I'm blindly inching through the void that is my life, and I've barely noticed Wolverine fucking my Toyota's exhaust pipe. This Geekade.com really works. Check out Geekade.com today. Okay. So before we get to the bits of news that there are, I wanted to shout out a couple of people in particular who we follow on social media and who have um, actual talent. There's a couple of artists and I would like to share some information with you guys who are listening. So one is somebody who we followed on Instagram for a while now and we started Twitter earlier this year and we follow her. 
and her name is Rosie, and she goes by Optic Art, that is O-P-T-Y-C-K-A-R-T. I am going to put a link to her uh, website in uh, the geekade.com description for this episode, so... If you want to check out her stuff, just go to this episode's webpage on geekade.com and there will be a link for it. She does charms, she does stickers, she does art prints, a whole bunch of really fucking cute art. And uh, X-Men art. There's some really cute ones here. There's this one right now, let's see. This is Magneto, little Magneto crying. And he's like, have you seen my kids? And there's Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and Polaris and they're so cute. And so, yeah, I ordered a Karma charm from her. I am so excited to have that. This artwork is really cute, and I love it. And so you guys should go check out her store, honestly. Uh, She just seems like a a nice person, and like I said, she's actually talented. So go check her out. And I'd like to give somebody else a shout-out, too, and that is Karen, X-Men fan, on Twitter. I don't know if... She has any other social media or where she is, but we follow each other. And in fact, until maybe a couple of weeks ago, I didn't even know she was an artist. But she is. And so also on this episode's webpage on Geekade, I'm going to put a link to her Twitter account so you guys can go check out her art. And she is doing commissions. Yeah, since X-Men Twitter found out that she can draw, uh, she's been getting some deserving attention because she's done some really cool stuff there's this dope one that i'm looking at right now of like modern shatterstar looking in the mirror of the angry fucking you know gladiator arena shatterstar from his first appearance and it's just a really dope picture plus his butt is cute and also (laughs) there's another one of him going after a fucking bowl of cereals with instead of like you know, his fucking one sword with the double blades, it's the sword handle with double spoons, and it is hilarious. Yeah, I didn't even know she was an artist either. Her yeah. art is so good. It really is. She did a, she did a really funny one of the two Zorns, too. Like, yeah, it's like only Hickman can tell us two apart or something like that. But, yeah, I need to save up a bit more money, and I would like to commission her because I have a couple of ideas. One I'd like for myself, and one that I would like for Patty. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. The two Zorns. Oh. Only Jonathan Hickman can tell them apart. That is hilarious. That's awesome. I know. I know. So, um... What's the Mysterio one? Oh, this was funny as hell, too. Yeah. Look. <sighs> this is all so good. So, yeah. So, like I said, I'm going to put a link to her, her Twitter. So, you guys should scroll through it. Check out some of her art. And, again, like, I mean, if you have any ideas or whatever, like, she can clearly... She's very funny and clever and yeah so again like it's not like and i, and I want to make this clear the, the the two people i was just talking about they did not come to us and say oh hey jonathan and patty can you guys try to fucking get us more business like i had this idea i was like you know what i really uh like these two talented people and i kind of just want to give them a shout out so and i also wanted their permission first you know hopefully it'll get them some more business uh they they deserve it like i said you know they're actually fucking talented so go give them money for their talent so yeah so that's that uh all right so now some news of which there is not much but a couple of things to talk about what is the first thing we're going to talk about because we have to talk about it every time it is in the news new mutants every time it is in the news i have to i I have to say something anya taylor joy 
She she got her a wisdom tooth removed. We gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it on the show. She she's in that movie. So there were a couple of little little bits of news with this movie. The first one that I saw was that Disney was allegedly unimpressed with New Mutants. There wasn't much more uh, other than literally what came out of my mouth just now. Yeah. But it, somebody labeled it a movie with limited box office potential. So don't expect much support. And and so that that was really it. That was really it. And uh, I think you tagged me in this a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, whatever, just give me the fucking movie. Like, again, somehow just put it into my face. I just want the movie in my face for however long the movie is. Then you may take the movie away. You, I will take it off of my face, give it back to you. You may go do what you will with it. Whatever you do after after movies are done with the face. Go yeah, but what if it. what if it's like so bad that you just like wish that you hadn't seen it? That will not happen. I I just there's been there's just been so much fucking tension and waiting and not knowing and shit that I don't care if it's the worst. I don't care if somebody poops on screen. If that if that that is the opening scene, is all of them in the bathroom <laughs> just fucking shitting their brains out? That's 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 their first experience at this facility that they're all being stuck in is diarrhea. But that's the side effect of their treatment, diarrhea, and we get graphic diarrhea. I I sound like the angry video game nerd right now. I don't I don't, but but I'm I'm serious. I don't care. I just I need to know. It was like going into Dark Phoenix. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think it was going to be a great movie. And the reviews and the scores were terrible. They were fucking abysmal. But I still needed to see it. Now, that in that case, it turned out to not be as bad as everybody was saying. But I don't care. Patty, I need to see this movie. Do it. Do you want to come with me? Yeah, I'll go. Aw, let's go on a date. Okay. All right, next April. All right. <laughs> now, the next piece of news, is, this came out a little bit more recently. Pizza news. This, this pizza news... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how they got the diarrhea from the pizza news. Oh no! You should not eat pizza with your newspaper. You don't put newspaper clippings on your pizza and then eat it because that causes you the diarrhea. Aww, I too know. much fiber. Nope. <laughs> so allegedly, a uh, a new test screening of the new mutants got positive reactions, but not from Disney. Yeah, not from Disney. It just said that a newly edited cut of the much-delayed X-Men spinoff has reportedly been screened for test audiences, and apparently it's being well-received. I'll post a link to the article, but the person who's claiming this said that the new cut of the film appears to be more in line with director Josh Boone's original version for the movie as more of a horror-tinged approach to the superhero genre. So, so great. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I really am. I hope that this fucking movie doesn't like you know the scores don't come out for it and it's like a 14 percent on rotten tomatoes or something i really hope not i don't expect it to be great but i still really want to see this movie i think it's going to be i think at least some of it is going to be dope i really do i i, I really don't think that this is going to be much worse than dark phoenix which really wasn't bad anyway um, you know, it had a lot of cool moments in there, even if overall it wasn't great. And I don't think that mu- that New Mutants is going to be any worse than that. I really don't. This cannot be worse than X-Men Apocalypse. That was a bad movie. That was so bad. That was such a bad movie. It was so bad. Except Psylocke looked cool. Yeah, but she didn't even get to do much. I know. I, that's why I said she looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was about it. 
So, so yeah. But that, that, that date is getting closer, and so they push it back again. Yep. <laughs> that date is getting closer. Yeah, I think before it was pushed to April of 2020 that it was uh, early August. It was early this, yeah, well, now listening, people listening, it's September. But uh, I'm pretty sure it was like August 2nd or something like that, 2019. It was the most recent before it got pushed again. Aww. So that stinks. When, when was it originally? It was supposed to be 2018, wasn't it? It was supposed to be 2018. Yeah, I forget, yeah. I forget the date. Good times. <laughs> 2018. It was a good year. Good times. Yeah, it was a good year. Yeah, yeah. So really not much other news, but the only other thing to talk about is our very final Legion TV show discussion. Yeah, that show ended a few weeks ago. We just watched the finale uh, yesterday. And, uh, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's, eh. it's over. That, uh, eh. Yeah, to me, it was, uh, sort of anticlimactic. The, I mean, there were two episodes that have come out since our last news episode. The, the episode before this, episode seven, when Charles goes and meets Amal, um, and David actually goes into the past and meets up with them both, was an interesting episode. I, I'm so happy that we got to see more of this actor as a young Charles Xavier. I thought it was really good. Uh, I really did. I thought it was really interesting that they decided to go after uh, the Shadow King in the past. And, you know, it, it was really neat. You could already see the makings of this fucking, you know, mutant terrorist in there. Because he took, like, an entire fucking village of people. He made the one, like, the, the king or whatever. He turned him into a fucking monkey and put him in a cage. And uh, all these people, all these fucking people, they were like, what, children? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he had basically taken over this entire fucking town. You know, obviously his intentions weren't going to be good for having Charles over there. He was acting all nice to Charles, and it was cute, and it was sort of funny. He had a fucking painting made of him. Oh, that yeah. was adorable. I loved that. But you knew bad shit was going to happen. Especially when the current Shadow King also managed to travel back in the past, and it was going to be like, oh shit, it's going to be... You know, fucking Legion and Xavier versus two Shadow Kings. How the fuck is this going to end? And kind of sadly, episode eight, the finale was a bit of a letdown. It, it had me for a little bit. You know, seeing Switch uh, was disturbing. Uh, she's so pretty and pure and she was such an endearing character. But then she loses like all of her teeth and she sort of dies, you know? That's sort of really what's going on there. But I'm, I'm, I just, I could not wait for this. You know, there's so many Davids. Obviously, he's Legion, right? And he's just fucking attacking the Shadow King, and it's great. And Charles, Charles pulls a fucking, you know, what's his psychic weapon going to be? Gun. He, he pulls a, he pull a bullet. He's got Why a gun. Why doesn't he have an American accent if he's got a gun? <laughs> They sell guns elsewhere in the world. It's just the most are here. I thought you couldn't get a gun in Britain. I don't think that's... I don't know. I'm too lazy to look that up. But he had a a fucking psychic bullet for his gun. And that was great. And so you think this is sort of going to be like a one-on-one. You know, a David versus the younger Shadow King. uh, And Xavier versus the older Shadow King. But but it's not. As interesting as that fight was between david and and the shadow king it breaks out in the song which is okay you know it was kind of it was kind of funny and it was cool it was like a legion mosh pit we have you know sid and carrie and carrie and gabrielle uh with baby david in the past fighting the fucking time eaters and that was neat because you know fucking carrie is fucking growing older 
you know, like kind of like right before our eyes. And that's spooky in itself. Um, I think that their powers are so fucking stupid. Like, really? I feel like I couldn't think of a stupider character. Ugly John. Nope, not as stupid. Jazz. Nope. Patty, those are stupid things. No, this those is, are legitimately this stupid is things. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It's I mean no, it's not it's not great. I would not call that an objectively great power, but I did think it was interesting. And I think it was an interesting way to have these two very different people also have this, you know, very yeah, familial relationship. It was kind of cute and kind of sad at times too. But I get what you're saying. Anyway, but then all of a sudden, all of a fucking sudden, I'm sorry, I didn't see this coming. Again, maybe you're going to, somebody out there is going to comment and be like, Jonathan, in episode blah, 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 this happened, so you should have, this made sense. I did not see the Shadow King's change of heart coming. I really didn't. He just, he says to Xavier that he wants to, to, to help. So, I mean, it was honestly kind of cool for current Shadow King to show younger Shadow King who what? was clearly, like, 30 years older than him. Oh, he looked like shit. He, he did. He looked like shit. There's no way that young Shadow King looks like that. I'm sorry. He he. I thought he had a different actor, too. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was a fat man. Yeah, no. And this it, guy is, like, 80. He. We know that he's a lot older than he actually is. I think the current Shadow King just sort of masks his appearance. I, I don't... I, I get exactly what you're saying, because, yes, he did look older. He looked like shit. He was wrinkly. They clearly didn't have as much makeup applied on him. Or if they did, they wanted it to make him look more like that. Because our current Shadow King is more sort of like distinguished. But no, I think he's like literally trying to make himself look more distinguished. That in actuality, he looks like shit. He looks wrinkly. And like currently, the Shadow King is more like, I don't want to look like that anymore. I want to put on this facade and make myself look sleeker to everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense when you explain it. But like I said, I I don't watch shows or books to have somebody else explain to me what happened. Yeah, I get you. I get you. But not only that, but like it felt anticlimactic, right? Like, so okay, so fine. So current Shadow King shows the young guy like what's going to happen. All this shit that's going to happen to David and to himself because of this and change of heart, right? Well, mostly. You know, young Shadow King is like, oh, you're right. Thank you for showing me this. Xavier, come back someday. We'll rule the world together. And Xavier's like, no, I don't think I'll do that. And so fine, they go their separate ways. And and it's cute and it's funny when Xavier goes home and Gabrielle is all right and little baby David's all right. And Xavier's like, I want to be a teacher. Oh, that's a nice nod. And but like, we, we never got any explanation for why they gave up David. I don't know about that. I don't, I know, I feel like that must have been mentioned at some point. It was probably explained, honestly, in like the first season. Before we even knew that Gabrielle was going to be a character and that we were going to be seeing Xavier at all in the third season. Yeah, but if they did, it would have probably been some bullshit fake reason because they didn't want him to know who his real parents actually were. It, it, you know what? It very well could have been. Like I said, listen, I'm not going back and trying to watch a bunch of episodes, but I, if I find time, I'll, I'll probably Google it. Maybe somebody listening knows and and, and will comment and, and let us know because I feel like it was, but I can't say with certainty because I don't remember. And, and if it did happen, I sure shit don't remember the reason either. But either way, I did like that aspect about this season. I did like how they brought in Xavier and Gabrielle. I really did. I, I liked seeing that I thought it was interesting how, you know, the time travel is kind of like a trope that's overdone and people don't like. I thought it was used interestingly here because finally there's baby David and Sid is there and adult David is there and they're talking 
And I thought it was funny when David's like, you're going to be great without me. And Sid's like, yeah, you're right. Oh, that was dope. That was dope. Because it, it, it's, it's, it's true. Sid was a great character. I was kind of iffy on her this season. I was like, really, this is all this is going to be? Is just everybody trying to kill David? And that's why I don't get. Because they were all trying to bust into his compound to kill him in the beginning of the season. I know. It didn't really now, make sense to me either. Shadow King doesn't want to do that anymore. Uh, I don't know. I mean... It, I mean, it, I feel like the change of heart with Sid was more, like, weird, but... Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Again, maybe this is explaining it, but I think she realized that David, they had the same goal. They were just going about it different ways. That David wanted to stop all this shit from happening, too. And that he needed to go back to when he was a baby before Shadow King ever got in there and stop it from happening. And I feel like Sid realized that's what he was going to do. And she's like, uh, I don't like you, but I agree. You know what I mean? I guess. I don't yeah. know. But I feel like it just changed without really, like, acknowledging it. I don't know. Yeah, she was, like, ready to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at one point. But and the ending was basically just like, eh, doesn't matter. None of that's going to happen anyway. Shadow King's not going to possess you. You're not going to have to go to the mental hospital. Yeah. You're going to grow up with your real family. You're not going to have to learn about the big-headed boy, angry boy. Angry boy. Angry boy. Yeah. And it's not even that that I mind so much. It's that just everything seemed wrapped up too nicely and simply and easily. And happily. Yeah, and not like it was earned so much. I agree completely. Again, my biggest sticking point is the Shadow King. And it was, I was kind of expecting a longer episode. I was expecting more to kind of happen. I was expecting more action. Again, I'm not all about action constantly all the time, but... I don't know. Again, maybe it was my expectations because I had this so built up. I really liked this series. Every season, I really liked it. And, um, you know, it constantly delivered in different ways for me. Even when it was weird. And that's even... when it, This show was weird. And sometimes it went weird outside of its own weirdness. Like that Sid's Extra Life episode. That was one of my favorite episodes. I loved that. But yeah, it, it, this, it, it did not end in a satisfying way. I don't hate the way it ended, but I'm ultimately not happy. And what makes it hurt more is that we're never going to get any more. Overall, though, this was a great show. Abs- absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, fuck, that last episode wasn't good, so fuck the entire series. I really enjoyed it. Overall, I did. But you can give your final, <laughs> final <laughs> thoughts on the show. I really did not enjoy this show at all except for that one episode with Sid that you mentioned. I thought it was way too artsy just for the sake of being artsy and, you know, impossible to understand. Would you rather it be fartsy, Patty? Yes, I would because then I could understand it. (laughs) I I genuinely (laughs) did not like much about this show at all. I appreciated Aubrey Plaza. She was in it, and she made some jokes that made sense, even if I wasn't following the show. (laughs) So that's what I appreciated. What did you think about young Xavier, though? Did you like him? I hate how they give every Xavier a British accent. He's not even British. (laughs) Okay. Like, okay. Other than that, he was was okay, I guess. Yeah. It Uh, seems like Xavier everywhere... Outside of the comic books, I like. <laughs> Literally. Everywhere. Um, well, yeah, he didn't recruit his child soldiers yet, so he's okay here. The, I guess. And he didn't abandon his wife yet. Well, he's not, well, yeah, he's they not weren't married. 
But he's not he's not going to here, which is nice, right? Well, that's what he says. Stop. He's British. He can't be bad. <laughs> no bad things come out of Britain. They gave us the Beatles. Yeah, Britain's never done anything bad. Right. Read a history book. <laughs> so that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. What did you think of the way Legion ended? Are you also reading mutant appearances outside of Hoxpox? Join us next week for our final Summer Series episode. And join us again in two weeks when we'll be discussing some new comics. And until then, Sabretooth was right. Spit on me, Daddy. Daddy.